On January 3rd, 2017, Donald Trump tweeted, the intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday, perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. The immediate response from everybody who hated Donald Trump was that he was working for the Russians. Stop tweeting, Trump. You're embarrassing yourself. Now it turns out, due to uh, text messages that got released, Trump was right about FBI scramble to assemble Russian evidence after 2016 win. Texts claim it's well beyond just some FBI agent saying Trump was right about this. But the general story, it goes really, really well, it's far and wide. I can't begin to break this down from the top to the bottom because the Obamagate scandal is so intricate and complicated. It makes it very difficult for me to get all of the information in in just 20 to 30 minutes. But I got a bunch of stories for you. And this is a shocking bombshell. I typically don't say the word bombshell. You know me. Milktoast fence sitter, right? But of course, We've got all, all of this information coming out right now today is shocking. And let me just give you a quick snippet and then we'll start reading through this. First of all, FBI agent says Trump was right about them scrambling to find evidence. They had no case against Trump, yet we went through years of Russiagate nonsense. FBI official on Mueller team said Flynn prosecution had, quote, get Trump attitude. Collusion probe was not there. FBI official William Barnett was assigned to lead the Bureau's original investigation into Michael Flynn. We have this story. Flynn case bombshell. FBI analysts bought insurance, fearing they'd be sued for misconduct. It just keeps coming. Donald Trump's campaign has issued a statement on this. Of course, Trump has said treason. Adam Schiff is now revealing new whistleblower information, once again, pushing the lie about Russian interference. And we have this breaking news from Catherine Herridge of CBS. The primary subsource for the Steele dossier was deemed a possible national security threat, the subject of a 2009 FBI counter intel probe. According to new records, those facts were known to crossfire Hurricane Team in December 2016. This is beyond shocking. The FBI knew that the information they were getting was sourced from someone who was, a who was deemed a national security threat, a possible national security threat. They knew this. They knew they had bad information. They were out to get Trump and they were pushing fringe conspiracy theories. And it was so bad that some FBI agents, FBI analysts, sorry, bought insurance. So what does this mean for this country? Is Donald Trump right about treason? You know, this is really tough. If you come out and say, this is it, we have the proof, they'll smear you, a fringe conspiracy theorist. Where's the New York Times? Where's the groundbreaking shatterstorm? The news reports, Donald Trump framed by FBI. FBI analysts were panicking, buying insurance. Well, at least Newsweek is reporting on it to a certain degree. I think this shows us the Durham report may bear fruit. Will it result in widespread arrests? I don't know. But I think there will be an October surprise. Donald Trump is going to get a plethora of information revealing just how dirty the past administration was. And all of this information is shocking. We learned not that long ago that Barack Obama was in a room with Biden, with Comey, with Sally Yates, many top officials. 
And they were trying to figure out how to essentially frame Michael Flynn, Donald Trump's then national security advisor. We're in serious trouble as a country. And I think it's it's crazy when I bring these stories up and you also consider the political violence and people would tell me there's no civil war coming. Take a look at the mail-in ballots being found in ditches, being found in, in the gutter. The mail-in ballot change and Facebook lying to people. This is scary, man. This is really, really scary. And I don't know how else to explain it, but let's just start by reading the news. I wish I could give you the full breakdown, but that's going to require a three hour long documentary. I'll do the best I can with it with this current information. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there are many ways you can give. I've got a P.O. box. If you'd like to send stuff, the best thing you can do, share this video. The only mainstream sources talking about this aren't going into great depth. Of course, Fox News is they're pretty much mainstream media, but they're not in lockstep with the other. And you know what I mean? They're they're more right leaning. Many people are shocked. Newsweek even covered this. Politico, of course, just kind of downplays the story. Look at this. Feds air FBI agents gripes about Flynn probe. Are you kidding? They knew that, that, that their source was possibly a national security threat, and they used that information to go after a sitting president duly elected. That's that's crazy. And that's not the that's that's only the surface. I am reading you the news right now. You need an in-depth breakdown of how dirty all of this was. So the best I can say is if you think this is important and this information is as shocking to you as it is to me, and you think I'm, I, I'm deserving of it, please share this video to help support the channel. And don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the first story from Newsweek. They say Trump was right about FBI scramble to assemble Russia evidence after 2016 win texts claim. An FBI employee involved in the probe into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn claimed that President Donald Trump was right while discussing a 2017 intelligence briefing regarding the Russia probe, according to a court filing. The federal court documents filed by Michael Flynn's lawyers in the U.S. District Court of Columbia on Thursday included text message conversations between FBI staffers about former President Barack Obama's intelligence briefing on January 5th, 2017. One unnamed FBI employee asked another, what's the word on how Obama's briefing went? Quote, don't know, but people here are scrambling for info to support certain things. And it's a madhouse. Trump was right. Still not put together. Why do we do this to ourselves? What is wrong with these people? Yes, going as far to say that some of these people wanted a Clinton administration. Tell me how that's not a coup attempt. Tell me how we are not in the midst of a civil war where the previous administration is the nominee, Joe Biden, and the Democrats are changing the rules at the last minute. I can't even believe I'm allowed to say these things on YouTube, but I'm reading you Newsweek. This stuff's scary, man. It, I, there, there's, let's keep reading. After Obama's briefing, the then president asked Vice President Joe Biden and FBI Director James Comey to stay behind. That's Obama, along with Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates and National Security Advisor Susan Rice for a discussion about Flynn, then a Trump campaign advisor. The details of what took place during the meeting has been intensely speculated and debated by both sides of the political aisle. On January 3rd, 2017, President Trump tweeted a suggestion. That was what I showed initially, that they were trying to essentially dig up information. According to Rice and Yates, Obama was concerned over whether restrictions should be placed on the sharing of classified information with Flynn, the incoming national security advisor. 
At the time, he was being probed by the FBI as part of the Russia investigation, which started in July 2016. In testimony before the Senate on August 5th, Yates said under oath that Obama and Biden never attempted to influence the FBI's investigation of Flynn. During the meeting, the president, the vice president, the national security advisor did not attempt to in any way to direct or influence any investigation. Flynn's lawyers shared additional text messages by an FBI employee on January 10th, uh, 2017, saying that analysts all went and purchased professional liability insurance because they were worried the whole thing is pretty ugly. Quote, I think the concern when we got it was that there was a big leak at DOJ and the NYT, the New York Times, among others, was going to do a piece, the employee wrote. If that piece comes out, and January 20th comes around, the new AG might have some questions, then yada yada, we all get screwed. They knew it. They knew it. The FBI agents and analysts, they knew it. They bought insurance to protect themselves. They knew it was dirty. They knew it wasn't on the level. Now, the Obama administration is trying to claim they didn't do anything. They didn't influence anything. They're standing back. Yet, According to evidence that was previously released, it, it looks as though Joe Biden himself suggested using the Logan Act against Michael Flynn. This is crazy stuff. Just wait. October is around the corner. If you think it's spicy now, I think an October surprise is coming and it is going to shock the core of this nation. I will warn you, however, as much as this story is is in, is is it really is shocking. Don't get your hopes up. Do not get your hopes up. We all saw how that played out for the left when they were betting everything on Russiagate. Nothing came of it. This could be another one of these stories. Just another trail of breadcrumbs that leads nowhere. But we'll see. Federal employees at all levels often face allegations, complaints, and investigations that carry risk of exposure to liability. And those that deal with the public face the most exposure. But let me let me stress these people literally bought insurance saying we're going to get screwed. If, if, if the story leaks, if the AG finds out what's going on, the new one, the new administration. I said this about a year ago that Russiagate stopped Donald Trump from firing many of these people who worked for the FBI, the CIA, etc. And I wonder if that was the intent based on what we're seeing now. You see, when Donald Trump fired Comey, they accused him of obstruction of justice. Why? Well, because Comey was investigating him. Can you imagine what that means? Can you, can you realize what that means? That you need only accuse someone and they can't fire you and they're your boss? What does that mean for the presidency? They were trying to stop Donald Trump by any means necessary. And they're doing it again. I, I honestly, I maybe know one in 10 people who says they're voting for Biden. And my family and my friends and the people I grew up with are, are Chicago liberals. They are not far left. They are not conservative and they hate Republicans. Yet one in only one in 10 saying they're going to vote for Biden. Yet they're telling us now, they're telling us now that Joe Biden's going to win. I, I, I am terrified what happens to this country if Joe Biden and the Democrats with everything they've done win. You know why? It wasn't Donald Trump who changed the rules of the election, but they're accusing him of trying to stage a coup, of trying to steal the election. Donald Trump didn't change the rules. The mail-in ballot idea was Democrats. They're the ones trying to strip the integrity from our elections. If Joe Biden wins, I don't think regular Americans are going to accept that based on what we've seen with mail-in voting. And that scares me. 
Newsweek published this story. Newsweek. I could be a little bit more bold and say, I mean, this proves it. An FBI agent coming out saying we were worried. Let me read more. Quote, even in cases of baseless claims, legal fees, damages and other costs may run in the hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars, placing employees and their families financial security at risk, wrote Federal Times, a source of information for senior U.S. government managers. Fortunately, federal employees can protect themselves and preemptively mitigate the risk through federal employee professional liability insurance. They say Flynn served as Trump's national security advisor for 24 days before he resigned. In 2017, he pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. And we learned that they threatened his son, that Michael Flynn didn't do anything wrong. It is shocking and terrifying. The left will tell you that he lied to the FBI and he he pleaded guilty twice, they'll say. The story with Michael Flynn was that as the incoming national security advisor, he made a phone call to, uh, I believe it was the Russian ambassador uh, Kislyak, and just said, please don't escalate tensions between the US and Russia. That was it. That was his job. He was going to be transitioning into a new role as national security advisor. But I remember someone from the Obama administration saying the reason they got alerted to the threat of Russian collusion was that Michael Flynn thought China was a bigger threat. That was their their pretext. This story is not just about the FBI. I, I, I've, I've talked to friends about it and they say this this shows the FBI framed Trump. And I said, you mean the FBI and elected Democrats who lied about how they've seen the evidence of collusion, who are still trying to bring up Russia, Adam Schiff. September 9th, Schiff reveals new whistleblower complaint alleging suppression of Russian election interference intel reports. Quote, we've received a whistleblower complaint alleging DHS suppressed intel reports on Russian election interference. Elected Democrats were pushing this supporting this. And they supposedly had access to the intel. And they had all of these people on TV, all of these former intelligence agents and and, and individuals and journalists saying, we know it, we've seen the proof, Trump did it. So why isn't he being arrested? The resistance would say, it's all going to come out with the Mueller probe. People posting pictures of a smiling, shining Robert Mueller, the Mueller podcast. What was it? It was like Mueller, she wrote or something like that. And they're like, Robert Mueller is going to take down Donald Trump. These people are nuts. This is, it sounds like a coup attempt. When they say that these people wanted a Clinton administration, when these FBI agents were like, this is crazy. This is not on the level. Trump is right. It sounds like there were people at the FBI that knew they were setting up and framing the Trump campaign. We know from Politico that Ukrainian interests provided dirt on Paul Manafort, resulting in his arrest and conviction. Now, if the guy did something wrong, sure. But this was a political maneuver. I am really worried about what comes next. You know, people talk about civil war. We've been in one since 2016. Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't resign during the Obama administration because she thought Hillary Clinton would would appoint her successor. They all thought Hillary would win. Why would they think that? Ignorance, ego, arrogance? Or was it because they've been playing dirty games the whole time like they are now? They're pulling out every stop. Think about how psychotic this story is from the Atlantic. Donald Trump called troops losers. Are you kidding? That is so over the top ridiculous. Donald Trump's a lot of things. I'm not going to buy it. 
You could show me a recording and I'd say manipulated. I don't believe it. You're not going to convince me unless Donald Trump, I see him in person, say it because it's one thing for a, for a lefty activist and for someone to call troops losers. But for Donald Trump, the president and regular person who in all, all and, and just seems to love the troops, why would he say that? But all these stories are coming out now claiming that he's disparaging Latinos. He's disparaging the black community. It's absolutely fake news as far as I can tell, because Trump is a lot of things, but they've turned him into a cartoon villain. You see, the problem is they've started believing their own lies about him. And so when they believe this, this ridiculous, have this, when they believe these ridiculous stories about Trump, they end up trying to, when they try to fabricate smears or just maybe they'll just blindly believe the smears, the people who make them up, be it the journalist or anybody who knows, they go for a more extreme approach because in their minds, Trump is the worst of the worst. So they're like, how can we make Trump seem even you know crazier than he is? And so they say he called soldiers losers. Regular people then hear that and they go, what? I don't believe that. Donald Trump, he's a Republican, would say that. Take a look at this from Catherine Herridge. The primary subsource for the Steele dossier was deemed a possible national security threat and the subject of a 2009 FBI counter intel probe. According to new records, those facts were known to Crossfire Hurricane. That means Crossfire Hurricane was the team investigating Russian collusion. They knew that their information was coming from somebody who was trying to harm the United States. Or I'm sorry, a possible individual who was a threat to our security. The Steele dossier was loaded with Russian propaganda and fake news. We know that. We have more confirmation. And they took that and tried to use it to jam up, to sabotage a duly elected president. When they march around saying by any means necessary, when they march around saying revolution, nothing less, they mean it. So what are we, what are we supposed to do about this? What, how are we supposed to get this resolved? How are we supposed to, uh, challenge the lies. I can talk about it and I can't even scratch the surface on how deep this goes, but I don't know what a regular person can do. We have a statement from the Trump campaign. They've, the, uh, the Trump campaign has uh, said this. These new revelations about the FBI's pervasive corruption and extreme pol- uh, politicization on Joe Biden's watch should send shockwaves through our country and the mainstream media. Newly revealed text messages show that FBI agents knew in 2016 what their superiors were doing to Donald Trump and his team was wrong and potentially criminal. Newly declassified information shows that FBI leadership knew in 2016 they were using a bogus dossier manufactured by a former British spy and a suspected Russian agent. But they went ahead with their politically motivated operation to frame the president for collusion anyway. Joe Biden was at the center of this plot. And it appears he directed the FBI to target decorated veteran Michael Flynn with the Logan Act. An unmasking request targeted Flynn was also made in Biden's name on January 12th, 2017, the same day that information was illegally leaked to the Washington Post. Biden has never been forced to explain these facts and answer for his role in ensuring President Trump did not enjoy a peaceful transition of power in 2017. Reporters who spent years pushing Russian disinformation should do their job and make Biden answer for what his administration did, which amounts to the biggest abuse of power in American political history. Yeah, they won't. They don't challenge Joe Biden. What did Joe Biden do? He put a lid on on, on, on briefings. He's gone. 
What, is it, what does that mean? It means he's hiding in his basement and he's been hiding in his basement for what, the past week and a half or so? Oh, but he's doing debate prep. You see, we got we got four days until the big debate between Trump and Joe Biden. This guy is hiding, not answering any questions. And he was involved. Biden is crooked. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think Trump's got his issues. I think Trump's made a bunch of serious mistakes, but it's hard for me to look at all of this and believe the lies. I should I should reframe that. When I see these this this news, it is a shock to my core. And and then you want me to believe all of these mainstream media articles claiming Trump did this, you know, did this, did that. Why should I believe you now? The Mueller probe fell apart. It was fake news. And you want me to believe all the smears you put forward about Trump? I'm not buying it. Let me tell you how bad it gets. In a tweet from Charlie Warzel, who is a writer at large for The New York Times, opinion writer, he says, these Trump Jr. posts on Facebook and Twitter clearly argue that the election will be stolen and are clear calls for confrontation and intimidation at the polls and a rejection of mail-in ballots. Just incredibly dangerous stuff. Do we really think these small labels are going to do anything? I wonder what labels Charlie is referring to. In this post from Team Trump, they say, we need you to join Army for Trump's election security operation. Underneath the video, an ad with Donald Jr., it says by Facebook, voting by mail has a long history of trustworthiness in the U.S. and the same is predicted this year. Source bipartisan policy center. That is an outright lie. But you see, they're being uh, truthful, but not uh, I'm sorry, they're being factual but not truthful. You see, when they say voting by mail, what they're referring to is absentee, which is typical. But there is, according to the New York Times in 2012, an increase in uh, failure. The failure rate increases the margin of error. The amount of ballots that get disqualified nearly doubles. That's from the New York Times in 2012. Today, what we're worried about is universal mail-in voting. In New Jersey, the governor issued an executive order saying everyone's voting by mail. There will be some stations where you can vote in person. I did not request this ballot. Why will it be coming to my house? And what does that mean for the people who normally don't vote? You see, what is it around? Just less than half of people don't vote at all. So they're going to be sent a ballot. And then what? where does that go? Voting by mail has already been extremely problematic. Patterson, New Jersey, the best example. The whole thing in, in, in New Jersey was the election was uh, disqualified. One in five ballots rejected. Washington Post, 500, more than 500,000 primary ballots rejected. Votes found in ditches. Votes being discarded. That's from the DOJ. Mail being dumped in parking lots. Universal mail-in voting will be a disaster. And it already is. And now, big tech like Facebook is siding with the establishment. Yeah. Donald Trump wasn't supposed to win. And you've got these people in the media like the New York Times saying, how dangerous. These labels don't go far enough. Vote by mail is safe. The New York Times reported these things. The New York Times recently reported something like a million mail-in ballots were delayed or at high risk of being rejected. The New York Times staff saying that this is not enough. This is a lie. Voting by mail does not have a long history of trustworthiness absentee voting by mail does. A general concept of just sending out ballots to everybody does not. And recently, the Blaze reported a bunch of uh, mail-in ballots were found in a dumpster. So Donald Trump says 
We've got to do something about this. They say, will you commit to a peaceful transfer of power? We'll see. We'll see. And they say Trump is trying to stage a coup to overthrow the election. What you mean like they did in 2016? I'm not here to side with Donald Trump if he wants to actually play a dirty game thinking he deserves to win. I'm here to point out that doesn't matter. It wasn't started by Donald Trump. And I don't know where it'll go. But the FBI was engaging in dirty and potentially illegal corruption. I'm not a legal expert, so I'll be careful about how I frame it. But this looks straight up like they framed Trump and Flynn and were trying to sabotage the incoming administration and get Trump impeached so they could seize power. Is that a civil war? Not on, a, not on the surface, more of a coup, but a civil war when you have two factions fighting for control of one government. And that's where we're at right now. Let me tell you something. I had a conversation with my buddy, Ian. You may have seen him on the IRL podcast. And we were talking about what does it mean to cheat in an election? Are the Democrats cheating or are they just trying to, you know, make the make the game more favorable for them? And I said, what's the difference? The Democrats are changing the rules at the last minute to help themselves. Facebook and Twitter have said if Trump declares victory, they will flag and remove his posts. The cards are being stacked. Will Donald Trump win? They've even said that if Donald Trump uh, does win, it will it will appear to be a landslide. But then the mail-in ballots will start emerging. And in fact, Joe Biden will win. That's why Donald Trump isn't allowed to declare victory. And Joe Biden is, by the way. What if the reality is these ballots being thrown in dumpsters, these Trump's ballots being sent, uh, discarded? What if what's really happening is they're literally going to be cheating and forging ballots and Trump really will win in a landslide? They can't let that happen. We'll see how that plays out. Will the silent majority stand up and say no? The only thing that really needs to happen is some kind of proof that the majority of the American people actually wanted either Biden or Trump to be their president. And the way the Democrats have changed the election, I do not believe it would show that. What I can tell you is the level of depravity and corruption from the left is shocking me. And and, and uh, it's going to get bad in October. Wait till you see what comes next. I don't know for sure. But you can see how they want to tear down our police departments, how they attack innocent people who are just in their homes and at the highest level, how they would subvert the rule of law for political gain. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash Timcast News at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. What did you think was going to happen when you've been marching through the streets, dancing on highways and physically attacking people? and smashing up their vehicles. What did you think would be the result? Because now we have two very insane moments coming out of Los Angeles and a puff piece, stupid, ridiculous propaganda coming from a left-wing outlet written by someone who's lied before. Surprise, surprise, the media is once again defending the extremists who would attack innocent people. In this story, shocking moment, a pickup truck hits a female Black Lives Matter protester and then drives over her, almost striking a medic trying to attend to her before speeding off. In this video, which I cannot show you, they the, the, this truck hits this woman and she goes sliding back a few. She falls to the ground, slides on her back. Do you know why the truck ran, hit her and then drove over her? It's horrifying. It is. 
before any of that happened, as the protest group was or the rioters were marching through the street, you can see people tar- start taking swings at the vehicle. What do you think a regular person is going to do? You think they're going to sit there and say, oh, please just keep beating my vehicle. No, they're going to say, I've got to get out of here lest I become one of these stories of a person dragged from their car and beaten by a psychotic left wing mob. And so they decide I will run over you before I sacrifice myself to your psychosis. And that's what happened. I I definitely can't show it. But what do you think's the response then from the left? We have this announcement from the LAPD, and this is where things start to get scarier. You see, they didn't just this car didn't drive through a crowd of people and run people over in Hollywood. This this story here, a vehicle was just trying to make its way through down Hollywood Boulevard. And there was a large group of people that said, no, the violent extremist authoritarian wingnuts marching through the street and using violence to get their way told this Prius, no. And the Prius just slowly inched its way through. So do you know what they did? They took their vehicles, chased him down, peeled in front of him, causing this Prius to stop, and then began beating him, uh, attacking him. I shouldn't say beating, but attacking him. You see him reaching into the car, attacking the guy, and smashing up his vehicle. These people are insane. And the police aren't doing anything about it. And I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I'm at, I'm at my wit's end reading these stories. They chased down this guy, and the police eventually detained him. Now I get it. People have said, look, the cops don't know what happened. So they told the guy you're going to be detained. The guy didn't get arrested. They're now getting in their vehicles and chasing down the, the innocent people who have no idea what's going on. And I love, I love how psychotic these people are when they're like, well, if you don't want to get, if you don't want to get beaten within an inch of your life, just don't drive your car into our riot. As if we have a, an, an app on our phones that shows us where all the riots are going to be. So here you have a story, probably a couple of stories in the same vein, where people were minding their own business, did not even know there was a riot taking place. And when they came across the mob, slow down. In fact, in both videos, the truck and the Prius, they slow down. And so what do, what do the wingnut extremists do? They immediately run up and start bashing the vehicles. So what does the vehicle do? They slam the gas. Well, the truck did. The Prius just tapped the gas and even after driving through, did not speed off, just went the speed limit, minding his his guys. This guy, look, I'll tell you what, man, this Prius guy, he seems like a a dotering dopey dude. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. He just like drives through the crowd. They're all screaming. And then he just goes on his merry way, not realizing he's being hunted down. And then all of a sudden the pickup truck pulls in front of him and he stops. And I'm thinking to myself, Throw it in reverse. Slam the gas, dude. They are going to beat you within an inch of your life. He doesn't do it. He pulls back. A guy runs up, starts grabbing into the car. They start beating the crap out of the car. And then finally, the dude takes off. A second car had pulled up. People jumped out and started just bashing on his vehicle. These people are insane. And where are the police? Oh, yeah. What was that video we saw the other day from uh, from Ohio? The cop arresting some young woman who was sitting on the bleachers outside with her family socially distanced, but wasn't wearing a mask. Neither were the cheerleaders and many other people. But sure, she got arrested. I think it's 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 it's, you know, you see videos like this and I, I have to wonder and I, and I mean this, I mean this. I have to wonder if one of the goals of the far leftists is to create a circumstance 
where regular people will start to demand the police be defunded as well. Because think about it. How many stories have we heard so far of innocent victims being arrested by the cops? That's not justice. The mob has the power. The, the mob does what they want. And the police say, yes, sir, I am so sorry. Pathetic LAPD. Absolutely pathetic. You can't stop these people. Portland as well. Look, I understand in Portland, the DA is the one letting these people out to riot. But we need cops to stop enforcing unconstitutional edict and start protecting the people of these cities. You know, look, I think we need cops. But if we're going to keep seeing stories where innocent people get arrested, like the man in Milwaukee who was defending his own home when the mob showed up to his house, he got arrested. The McCloskeys, they got arrested. If we're going to keep seeing stories like this, I have to question what's the point. Now, I know there are riot police going out. I know that the police are trying. And I'm not trying to say, oh, look, I get it. A lot of these cops, they're trying to do the right thing. They're asked to protect a large system. And the bigger problem I see here isn't the police. Of course not. It's the fact that the population density has grown as such to where 300 insane people can cause this kind of violence and destruction. And I wonder what the answer really is. More cops? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and better pay for the cops and better training and better resources. And that's a really interesting question then about what it means to demilitarize the police. I think what demilitarizing the police should actually mean, because I've gotten some questions about this in the RL podcast, so I've thought about it. Maybe it's not taking away armored vehicles, which they can use in specific instances. And that's SWAT, it's special weapons, right? And, and tactics, I, I believe it stands for. What it means is we need a lower tier of police. So social workers or uh, civil guard, things like that. We need to make sure that if there's a group of 300 people smashing things up and attacking people, they get stopped. We need to make sure that this pickup truck that chased down this Prius and started beating this vehicle and attacking the driver, these people should all get charged and go to jail. Here's what the LAPD said. Just after 7 p.m. Thursday evening, a group of more than 300 protesters marched through Hollywood. While there was isolated reports of vandalism, the group was largely peaceful. The group eventually made its way onto Sunset Boulevard. Shortly after 9 p.m., a blue pickup truck traveling on Sunset maneuvered through the crowd and became, became, became involved in an altercation. As the driver attempted to get away from the situation, he struck a protester standing in the street. That individual was transported to a local hospital with minor injuries. Moments later, a white Prius attempted to drive around that same protest and also became involved in an altercation with individuals in the crowd. A black pickup truck leading the protest accelerated and pinned that white Prius in, forcing it to come to a stop. The driver of the Prius attempted to flee the area and reversed into a green Mustang behind it. That vehicle was also participating in the protest. Both the drivers of the pickup truck and the green Mustang attempted to extract the driver of the Prius from his vehicle. However, that driver was able to get away from the scene. Several blocks away, the motorist was detained by Hollywood officers. There were no injuries associated with that in, with the second incident. All of the drivers and victims involved in both altercations have, an, have been identified by Hollywood officers, and the investigation is continuing. If I'm driving home and I don't know you're there, get out of my way. This Prius didn't crash into anybody. It drove slowly through. And you know why I'm, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm just, I'm really angry by this because we keep seeing these stories, like NPR wrote this, that people keep ramming cars through protests. And shut your mouth, you lying, deceptive, 
I'll just leave it there. I'll keep the insults to a minimum. People aren't slamming into uh, uh, protesters. Most of these videos are like people slowly driving through and then banging on the car like lunatics. But how about you? How about this? How about you end up like that dude in Provo, Utah, who slowed down for the riot and they ran up, dude, pulled a gun and shot the driver. Remember that? I do. So what is what is a regular person supposed to think when they're surrounded by psychotic extremists ranting and screaming, accusing them of being Nazis, <laughs> ravenous lunatics? Yeah, they're going to they're going to drive through. And guess what? If you're blocking that vehicle, a truck's going to hit you. I understand the person in the vehicle has a bit more power. I wonder why it is that so many people a lot. I, I, you know what? I get it. These people don't know what's going on. If it were me, I'd be more alert. I'd be more ready. You know, that, that's just me. And, and, and it's true. It's probably true for a lot of you as well. Like that guy in Austin. You had that dude walk up to his vehicle with an AK. So what did he do? He shot the dude. The dude had his, had, had his hand on, his, on, on the gun. He walked to the vehicle. The driver saw him and the driver shot him. Someone then shot at the driver. What do you think is going to happen? This is only going to get worse. And now we're seeing an escalation in their tactics having their own vehicles on the ready to hunt down anyone who dare oppose them. The Prius did not hit anybody. The Prius, you can see it in the helicopter footage, is driving slowly through and they're banging and screaming and getting out of the way. The Prius didn't even realize anything was wrong, it would seem, because he just starts driving along at the speed limit. So the pickup trucks pins him, stops him, gets out, and then they start just beating the crap out of the vehicle. I bring you now to the Daily Beast. Drivers keep running over protesters and getting away with it. Quote, a right wing tactic that made its modern debut in Charlottesville, (laughs) as if cars have never hit people before, has been a staple of recent protests over police brutality. And stats show people rarely get charged. A right wing tactic that the regular people driving home from work are now all of a sudden right wing. Yes. My friends, I'm working on a card game. Uh, you may have seen the IRL podcast we did last night with Seamus Coughlin, who is a, a Coughlin. I just pronounced his name wrong. He's going to get mad at me. Uh, of Freedom Tunes. You guys know Freedom Tunes? If you haven't, you should check them out. And one of the jokes in the, the point of the game we're making is that you're trying to get your opponent banned from the internet. So everyone's far left and everyone's far right or enlightened centrist. That's, that's how you like identify the different factions. One of the jokes in the game is that it is a far right individual and it's just small business owner. And it's like a guy working at a cafe. It's supposed to be a joke, but it's 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 the truth, right? It's funny because it's true. A regular person driving their vehicle, encountering a violent mob now becomes right wing using a right wing tactic of driving a car through a protest or a riot. I think we've seen people do it because they don't know what's going on and they're being surrounded by a violent and angry mob. What did you think was going to happen? But you see what the media, how how the media plays this game? the Daily Beast, at least, they, they they love falsely framing stories to manipulate. And it's very obvious that these people are left wing activists masquerading as journalists and their organizations make money off what they do. So they support it even when they lie and make things up. And in this, in this instance, for sure, I can I, I know that as well. I actually reached out to the Daily Beast on several stories once to try and get confirmation on some claims they made about the alt right. Because there was some event that happened, there was a protest, they started saying the alt-right had shown up, and I was like, they didn't, have, they didn't provide any sources, any photos, any proof, and none of them would answer my calls or return a request for comment. 
And then many of these people say, Tim Pool doesn't do any journalism. He never requests. I request comments all the time. I make calls all the time. I verify. I confirm. I look for sources. They just don't want to admit it because they need a monopoly on what they do. I used to work in these in, in this industry. And there's a reason why I'm on the outside of it, creating my own industry. It's because they're corrupt. They really are. They really are. Now, there may be good people in media, you know, but what, 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 uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. When we get these news stories from the Daily Beast and the New York Times, they're not sending their best. They're sending liars, Antifa activists themselves, and some I think are good people. Yeah. I worked in the, I worked in this industry, and I'll tell you this. Yeah, the New York Times, the, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, oh, the Wall Street Journal is actually uh, much better than the rest, so I'll, I'll cut them some slack. I shouldn't have named them. The Wall Street Journal does a pretty good job. But many of these news outlets, and, and, and soon to be the Wall Street Journal, in my opinion, uh, uh, they have good journalists, but they cave immediately to the far left extremists. And thus we can see how the, the media narrative is, part, is, is pushing this leftward lurch. There's no counter to it. The Daily Beast can write overt fake news, like, like very obviously deceptive fake news. And what happens? NewsGuard, for instance, these third party fact checking agencies, 100%, it's all great. None of it's fake. Why? You see, there is a bias that people have. They assume the media is correct, right? So this is why I think we see liberals trust the media and conservatives don't. It's why we see moderates reading both liberal and conservative news, but leaning liberal or, or mainstream, I should say, and conservatives mostly read conservative news because conservatives don't trust the media. And I think it's fairly obvious when they call a car going through a protest, a right wing tactic, as if people don't drive cars around and as, as if regular people like what's the right wing tactic that one dude crashed a car into people. That's not even a tactic. That's literally just like somebody was in their car and hit somebody. Is it like a right wing tactic if a woman runs her husband over to like get insurance money? No, it's ridiculous. But so 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 listen, we know that they're being deceptive. And so what happens is uh, for example, with NewsGuard, I think this is a really, really obvious. Uh, I use NewsGuard, particularly uh, as a shield to say, look, I'm using that. I'm using these sources, sources that are certified by an overtly and ridiculously biased uh, company. And NewsGuard, I think, actually, in many ways, they used to be better. They're getting worse and worse every day. Why? If I come out and say X is true and here's evidence, then the New York Times need only say X is false Tim Pool pushes fake news and NewsGuard and many other fact checking sites will say the New York Times said it. Therefore, Tim Pool is wrong as if that's evidence of anything. And that's what we get. Why is it a fact? The Daily Beast claimed it was a right wing tactic. Cars are hitting people. It's not a fact. It's not even it's not even it's, it's not even an opinion. It's literally fake news masquerading as <laughs> as a factual news piece. But the Daily Beast, they make money off this stuff. So here's how it works. These news organizations hire people who put out content that makes them money. They don't force them to do it, and they're not going to fire the people who are generating that cash. This makes everyone go insane. But because the assumption is the news is telling the truth, that's what you get. You see, take a look at Wikipedia, for instance. Wikipedia says the Daily Beast is a fine source, so they can make things up. Wikipedia says it's true. The fact checkers say it's true because these, these news websites can operate with impunity. No one challenges them. No one questions them. But what about the Daily Caller? What about the Daily Wire? Oh, the Daily Wire is fake news. The Daily Wire is fake news because they got a handful of stories wrong. 
Breitbart used to be considered uh, uh, a good news source, a credible source by NewsGuard. And they did one press conference. They filmed a press conference from other people. So now NewsGuard says they're bunk. This is the problem we're facing. When, st- when, when the Daily Beast pumps out fake news to rile people up to make money, you end up with extremists marching through the streets, foaming at the mouth and screaming and beating people. And they're doing it because they believe insane fake news about Brianna Taylor. You know, I'm going through my Facebook page and I'm seeing a ton of people say things like the cops killed her in her sleep. She was sleeping in her bed. It's not true at all. Her boyfriend never even said that. Where did that lie come from? But it persists because when and to their to to, to the benefit of the right, when right wing fake news goes viral, it gets deleted. It gets fact checked, even if it's true. Sometimes the left can say whatever they want. So here you go. It's a great benefit to the right. It is. What do you think a regular person is going to think when they see what happened with this Prius? They're going to think that could be me. What do you think suburban housewives are going to think when they're driving down the road and all of a sudden they're surrounded being beaten? Their vehicle, I mean. I don't know if you guys heard that phone call that came out of, I think it was like Virginia, Leesburg maybe or something. And this woman was surrounded. She calls 911 and they're like, what do you want us to do about it? She's like, help me. I'm trapped. They're surrounding my vehicle. And they're like, we can't do anything. And then she starts screaming, they're climbing on my car. What do I do? Who's she going to vote for? Now, maybe she was going to vote for Trump in the first place. But I wonder when you see these stories, their desperation to frame it as though a bunch of crazy Nazis are driving around crashing cars into people. They live in a paranoid, deluded and delusional world. These people are insane. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit in a segment. Uh, Jonathan K. of Quillette pointed this out. It really does sound like these people are paranoid schizophrenics. Maybe not all of them. I'm not accusing every single one of them of being schizophrenic, and I'm not trying to disparage those who are schizophrenic. I believe they deserve uh, respect and and assistance and help and medication. But gang stalking is this belief that the, the operatives, the agents are all around you coming for you. So what happens when you have someone writing that they keep running over the protesters? It's a right wing tactic. This I'd imagine this uh, uh, these these people are suffering from a paranoid delusion. Like the guy in, in uh, uh, Portland, Michael Reinald, he gave an interview to, to Vice saying that the reason he shot a Trump supporter who was mining, walking down the street minding his own business was because I was surrounded by vehicles, Trump supporters who were armed. It's a paranoid delusion. They're everywhere. It's a Trump supporter behind the tree. He's got a gun. What do I do? And they go nuts. And then the paranoid delusional reporters are like, uh, right wing, right wing tactics. They're, they're crashing vehicles into people. It's like, dude, that car was just some guy. It was just some guy. He's not a protester. He's not a counter protester. He's not all right. Is just some dude because sometimes people drive cars, but they're freaking out, screaming. White cis heteronormative patriarchy is everywhere. The Nazis are coming for us. So what do you do when you have mobs of delusional people? marching through the streets, starting fires and destroying things. (laughs) And then what happens when their delusional friends start writing deluded content? Think about it like this. If someone started telling you that government agents were lurking around every tree and and stalking them and harassing you, you'd think they were insane. What if that person was a journalist started writing stories saying government agents, you know, you know, they're, they're harassing people and we have proof. You'd be like, this is nuts. But for some reason, 
For some reason, mainstream media has accepted the narrative that fascists lurk around every corner coming to get you. They, they don't. Regular people. And this is what it is. If you get, a, if you get uh, uh, these people who have this paranoid delusion and they band together, start writing articles, and those articles make money because it combines the gang stalking paranoia, which is sensational and scary with a real world past problem of violent white supremacy. People, it's, it's that morsel of truth where people say, wow, I mean, we did have a problem with the Klan, right? We shut that down. And then you hear the news over and over again telling you they're coming back. And in reality, they're not. They're literally not. In fact, you got people like Daryl Davis de-radicalizing these people and pulling them out of the Klan. Yeah, we're doing a pretty good job. But now you have a violent mob of lunatic extremists who are paranoid. And I mean like paranoid to an extreme degree. I mean, like, look at this article a right wing tactic. Is that what you really think? Like a car is driving down the street and you're like, it's a right winger heading towards our protest. What do we do? No, it's just some guy coming home from work. They've lost it. And so now, you know, we have hundreds of people marching through Hollywood and they've all lost their minds. I remember there was one woman, I was in France and this woman from Occupy Wall Street somehow was there and she sees me and starts screaming, capitalist, capitalist at me. And I'm like, Yes. And like, this is insane. You people have lost it. And I think regular people are starting to see this. So what's the reaction going to be? I don't know. Maybe a Trump landslide. Maybe not. Maybe because these paranoid delusional people are writing their conspiracy psychotic articles and regular people just don't pay attention and believe it. Maybe you'll end up with sleepy, creepy Joe. Now, Donald Trump's far from perfect for sure. But come on, you want to entertain this? So I'll tell you what. You got two candidates right now. You got one guy who's basically saying, come on, man, you know, a thing, the, the, uh, the, the paranoid delusional schizophrenics who are, who are smashing up windows and, and beating people in the street. My campaign staff supported them. Come on. I know Joe Biden didn't really say anything like that. They're going to call me fake news. I'm making a point. And then Donald Trump saying, we are going to crush the riots. Who are you going to vote for? Donald Trump's got his problems, man. But like I said, when all this was going down, Joe Biden was hiding in his basement. And you know what Joe Biden is doing right now? He's uh, hiding in his basement. So I'm going to vote. For, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to vote for the, uh, the mean guy, the nasty dude, the creepy, gross man. Why? Because at least he's talking about doing things. He, the peace agreements, withdrawing from the Middle East. That's it. That's top tier for me. But dealing with the riots comes first, because if I can't be safe, I can't worry about other problems. That's a, that's 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 a tough point. That's that's a challenge, right? So Donald Trump says we're going to deal with it, and he's been working on it. He's had some victories. They're start, the, the rioters are starting to come back. Trump's going to have to get on top of this because I'm sick of seeing it. I'm not, I'm not playing. If Trump can't do anything about it, they're just going to go double psychotic if he wins. So he better get a handle on it now. And, and, and they've done, the feds have done, done well, 300 federal charges. I'm not saying they're doing nothing. I'm just saying, get it done. Joe Biden's hiding in his basement. You want me to vote for that guy? <laughs> Never going to happen. All right, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. My friends, I have hope. The American people know what's going on, and support for Black Lives Matter is going down. And I feel bad to have to say that, because the original idea of what Black Lives Matter was supposed to be is not what we are getting. And none of these people in the organization, those raising money and the Democrats will say anything about it. Of course, they'll condemn the violence, 
But will they point out it's all being done in their name? No. Black Lives Matter is completely corrupted. And I'm not saying it was perfect when it started. But when you see people like Dave Chappelle say, we want justice for those who lost, lost their lives. I think about a, a perfect story that exemplifies what this should have been. Philando Castile. He's the dude who was legally armed and he got shot and killed in his car. Legal gun owner shot and killed. The cop panicked. The dude said he had a gun. These are the kinds of things where we say police reform, a legal gun owner should not have lost his life. Instead, what do we get? Widespread looting, widespread rioting, fires in the streets, a complicit and complacent Democratic Party. And I'm ha- I-, I have enough, uh, enough. It's like they want me to vote for Donald Trump. And I'm seeing all of these posts over and over again, flashback to 2016. It's 2016 all over again. Trump signs are everywhere. Biden signs nowhere to be found. I've actually seen a couple of Biden signs only in, in uh, the past month or so, which should be very strange considering we are 39 days, I believe, from the election. As if we're going to know what's, what's actually going to happen, as if anyone believes the election is going to be legitimate. But come on, Biden's not even campaigning at all. But so I have hope. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not hopeful because I like what's happening. And I'm not hopeful because I think Donald Trump's going to win as if it's part of a tribe. I'm hopeful that American people are saying enough to the insanity, to the far left, to the violence. Now, if that gets us Donald Trump, I'm actually quite satisfied with the peace deals that Trump's accomplished. And I, I, I got I to gotta tell y'all, it is kind of annoying and frustrating when I see there's, there's a lot of people who don't like Trump. And uh, I, I know it's funny because I probably fell into this camp last year where all the Trump supporters are like, Tim's not giving Trump a fair shake. No, I get it. I get it. Look, a lot of people say just because they're not going to you know, support the far left insanity and they'll fight against it doesn't mean they like Trump. No, for sure. I, fe- I felt similarly. But now with the peace agreements and this being you guys know that like foreign policy was always something I paid attention. It's probably because if I'm going to be self analytical, I was, you know, growing up in this political world of George W. Bush and the Iraq war and Afghanistan. And it felt like a stain on this country, a mistake. And that's what I grew up looking at. And I saw all of this information, all of these videos and Obama perpetuated a lot of the same. And Donald Trump wasn't doing anything too promising. But now, now what do we see? peace agreements, withdrawing from the Middle East. And now I'm actually happy. It affects me. So I wonder why all these people are saying, you know, they don't like Trump and they think he's awful just because Trump is of bad character. And, 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 and I, look, I know a lot of people like these things about him. Cassandra Fairbanks, for instance, a good friend of mine. She's like, she, she loves Trump's attitude and his demeanor. And I'm not a fan, but that's cool. We're friends. And I think the foreign policy stuff is a slam dunk for America. And it falls in line with this America first idea. So let, let, let me just read you the news because I know you came here for a reason. I don't want to go on a rant, but I'll, we'll loop back into this. Um, is America suffering protest fatigue? Support for Black Lives Matter demonstrations falls to 39% from 54% in three months amid fresh unrest over Breonna Taylor ruling. I'm hopeful because these people want to go out and they want to riot. They want to destroy. They want to burn things down. And I sometimes feel like we're, we're trying to tear down a skyscraper uh, with but a little hammer. And it feels like we can't do it. Now, look, I know I, a lot of people watch my videos and I'm eternally grateful. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm just a dude 
living my life, telling you how I feel and looking at these stories and expressing my opinion on them. For the most part, I do fact checking, right? So I guess there's more than just, you know, giving my opinion. But sometimes it feels like no matter how much we, 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 we share these stories, no matter how much we try and tell people, the lies persist. And I can't tell you how many times on my Facebook page, I've been copying and pasting this just because people are like, Brianna Taylor was sleeping in her bed when the police kicked the door in and just killed her. And it's like, no, you don't have to be happy or defend the cops to tell the truth, to be honest. The cops were serving a warrant. And there's a lot of, there's a big, there's a a much, much deeper backstory. But when they were serving the warrant, as they were legally supposed to be doing, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot a cop in the leg. They fired back. Even Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal pointed this out and they're getting dragged over it. The reality is these stories are not so cut and dry, but I'm seeing high profile leftists lie over and it feels like we're not making any, any, any headway. We're, we're, we're trying to tear down this monolith to fake news. And then I see stories like this and I go, yes, people realize the lies. People are sick of the violence and they are speaking out. Now, I don't know if I should trust the polls because I don't know what the polls show. But if the trolls, uh, if the polls and the trolls, if the polls are biased against the right, I'd be willing to bet support for Black Lives Matter is way down. What I find interesting is they say that support for Black Lives Matter among black voters is at like, you know, 89% or 90%. Yet they also, we also have numerous polls saying that Trump's support from the black vote, from the black voters is like, some say it's at 14%, which I find interesting. That would mean that there are many black voters who want to vote for Trump, but do support Black Lives Matter. I wonder what they're seeing in this, because Black Lives Matter for the longest time said they wanted to dis- they wanted to disrupt the nuclear family. And now uh, what do we get from that? You get kids who grow up without strong leadership. And I'm not even talking about, you know, traditional marriage. The studies there, there have been studies showing just at least two parents, someone who can who can teach that child and have a strong family. Why would you disrupt that? It seems ridiculous. It would be damaging to them and their community. So I don't think they're helping. Now, look, as for the voters, I can't say, you know, for the black vote for Trump, I find it interesting to say the least. But for regular Americans to now drop support for Black Lives Matter at 39%, it gives me hope that people recognize the far left identitarianism is too much. It's extremist. It's racist. It's bad. But let me actually just read you the story and we'll see what's up. Daily Mail says support for Black Lives Matter protest is falling across the country after months of unrest that has seen people killed, shops burned and frequent clashes between activists and police. A new poll shows that just 39 percent of Americans now approve of the protests, down from 54 percent in June, while 44 percent now disapprove of them. University of Michigan political scientist Christian Davenport put the change down to compassion fatigue as outrage over videos such as the one of George Floyd has faded with people now wanting to return to their everyday lives. And the more they inundate NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, the more the riots carry on. The people are saying enough. I've had enough. Just want to live a normal life. Want to hang out with my friends and do what I enjoy and grab a bite to eat. But I can't even do that. And you are punching us in the face figuratively over and over again. Nah, not happy about it. They say the shift also appears to have been driven by perceptions of violence, with almost a third of Americans saying 
The protests are now mostly or always violent, up from 22% three months ago. Meanwhile, the number of people who said the protests were always peaceful fell from 27% to 23%. And the number who said they were sometimes violent also fell from 51% to 47% now. The figures will be watched closely by politicians on both sides of the aisle, with both Joe Biden and Donald Trump presenting themselves as the law and order candidate with the November election looming. It also comes amid fresh unrest across the country following the indictment of one police officer over the fatal shooting of Brenna Taylor, though not for the shots that killed her, which sparked the unrest. And now they're they're pushing lies. I think it may be that many people still believe the lies. And, and, and as much as I, you know, I did this whole thing in the early video, like maybe people are waking up. It doesn't they, they might believe the lies. And that actually might be it's unfortunate, but it might still be a good thing, because think about it. If they think the cops really did something this atrocious, then they should support the protest. But the protesters have crossed the line to such a degree they can't. If people really believe the cops are as bad as they say, now they're looking at the protesters, the rioters, and saying, y'all are just as bad. The reality is the system has issues. Reform, I think, is a good thing. But we can't just lock people up to appease violent mobs. They stand in the street. They attack people, and I am sick of it. I'm sick of it. There, look, the, the, I, the rioters were near my my house. It's one of the reasons I wanted to move. Now I've been trying to move for a long time, and we've been preparing the move. And it's you know, I, I'll just say this: I predicted right. That's it. It's kind of scary to think about, right? Since the beginning of the year, since last year, I've been trying to find a new location to expand my business and, and bring on more people and, and start something, uh, a legit news site. And that's what we're working on. We'll see if we can get there. The election's kind of dominating everything and the workload is intense. So I decided, you know what, with with as crazy as everything is getting, and this was like uh, before COVID and all that stuff, before the riots, I just started looking out in the middle of nowhere because I had a prediction. There's going to be riots. It's going to get bad. And you do not want to be in these cities, especially by next month. Finally, I was able to get a new place. I am out of these cities. But it was only a couple months ago at the height of these riots, the helicopters were at my house and I was worried. And that's when I became a gun owner. I see this stuff and I'm, I'm not I'm not having it. I'm, I'm not having it. I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure and I want to know that my family is safe and my family is secure. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is the violent riots are persisting. They're attacking elderly people at restaurants over and over again, harassing people. And just last night, they chased someone down in their car, stopped him and started bashing on his vehicle. Why? Because he was just trying to drive around this protest. They don't care. Bend the knee or else. That's what they want. Not from me. Now, I will say, to be completely honest, I've mentioned several times, I love living out in the middle of nowhere. It's great. We're building a mini ramp right now for skateboarding, a half pipe, you know, it's not a full vert half pipe, but for those that aren't familiar with skateboarding, but uh, yeah, we got cool projects underway and we're going to make videos and we're going to have a good time. And so I'm happy to be out. I'm, I'm happy to just move further away and finally get out and get away. Maybe that's something you do when you're older. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I look, I like looking out my windows and seeing trees and mountains, especially considering how violent things are getting. I feel safer. I absolutely do. I'm in the middle of nowhere. You can't come anywhere near my, you can't even come, you can't come anywhere near my house without going on my property from, from a far, far away place. And we, I was talking to this dude on the IRL podcast who was saying he's out. He's getting away from these cities. He's buying a big old plot of land in the middle of nowhere. Good. Bring back that pioneer spirit. 
Let's let's go. Let's go find new land. Let's spread out because this this mass concentration of people in these big cities is just causing these problems. It becomes increasingly difficult to to function when you have 300 people who can march through a city and just loot and destroy everything. When you have all these people in these big cities costing costing us the the, the low end two billion dollars in damage. And that's that's the two billion insurance payouts. It's not including the damage that won't be paid, won't, won't be paid for. Then we got serious issues. And I think a lot of the problems and even the complaints, the warranted complaints the protesters have about faceless police who don't care about them. Well, that's because you live in a giant concrete block stacked on top of other people. And the whole place smells like sour milk. And you go outside and the cops like, I don't know you. I got to do my job. Don't mess with me. OK, so now you're mad that these cops don't know you. Go move out somewhere outside of these cities and you'll find smaller police departments. You can go in and you can meet the cops. There aren't that many of them compared to like how many are in New York City. The problem, I think, is not entirely cities, but it is uh, it, it, it is partially these cities. I think another big factor is that we are losing our moral base, our moral framework, the, the idea that these people think they can go and destroy innocent people's lives to get what they want is a total loss of, of morality. You can complain about the system. You can go out and say the cops are bad. Hey, man, I'm right there with you. I don't think all cops are bad, but I think there are bad cops. So if you say, let's talk about reform, I'll say, I hear you. You know, I'm, I, I think some, some, some of these people take away over the top. All cops are bad. That's just ridiculous, man. Clearly ridiculous. You, you are making so many crazy assumptions about what that cop is thinking. It's probably a regular dude or lady. They want to hang out with their friends and they're at work. And their job is to make sure the system stays afloat. And the left doesn't like it. They hate the system. They hate the status quo. Listen, we have a, we have a lot of work to do to live peacefully. And the more you, you pack into these cities, the smaller your bubble of freedom is. And that means a tiny, tiny amount of people who are violent can go around destroying things. And then when you get a DA, when you get these, these, these politicians, these de Blasio, these Cuomos who allow it, then everything just falls apart. I'm going to show you another story. Uh, let, let, let me, let me, let me just, I'll, I'll say these, some of these other stories for later, but let me, let me show you this. They say the shift in support for the protesters was most pronounced among white Americans. 20% of whom believed protests were mostly or all violent back in June, rising to 33% now. White Americans were also less likely to view the protests as all peaceful, down from 27% to 23%, and also less likely to view them as sometimes violent, down from 51% to 47 A similar shift was observed among black Americans, though to a much lesser extent. 7% saw the protests as all or mostly violent back in June, compared to 10% now. I think it's funny when the media says 93% of the protests were peaceful. Nobody's complaining about peaceful protests, dude. I don't care. I like peaceful protests. I disagree with, you know, disrupting the nuclear family and like the weird Marxist stuff. Not a fan, but you got a right to protest. I love it. It's what make this, makes this country great. I think if you want to burn an American flag, hey, so long as it's your flag and you're burning it safely, burn what you want to burn. You are, you are the, the, the destruction of that flag is the ultimate symbol of what it represents. Freedom. I don't want to live in a country where they would threaten you and, and jail you for criticizing the government. That's not what America is. America was founded on defiance. We have a right to stand up and, 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 and call out the government. Do I like when people burn the flag? No way, dude. I love this country. I love the flag as a symbol of freedom, liberty. And it stood strong for over 200 years. It's amazing. 
And America's made some serious mistakes. You betcha. But I, but, but I love that flag. And I love this country. I've been to many other countries. And I will tell you, one thing that really, really ignited my love for this country was seeing other countries. If only these people knew as they marched around, go take a, go take a vacation to any of these countries. And I'm not talking about these Potemkin tours where, where the, you know, we, we've seen these lefties. They'll go to like Venezuela and get a tour and be like, everything's great. I've been to Venezuela. Everything's not great. I didn't go on a Potemkin tour. I had locals show me around and I was like, man, that's brutal what they're doing to these people. I don't want to live like that. And I don't want to let these people take over. The more violent they get, the more destructive they get. I'm not having it. So I'll tell you what, if you want to burn the flag and it's your flag you own, you paid for, that's your flag. You do your thing. And I'll wave my flag and both of these will be a symbol of freedom. But it's true. Burning that flag is a tremendous symbol of freedom. It's incredible. Something you can't do in many other countries. Now, I, I think you got to be safe when you do it. That's the big thing. I've seen them try to like burn them in the street and the cops will put it out. And they're like, hey, man, I have a right to burn these flags. Like, dude, 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 you do. But you don't have a right to burn a flag in a, in a public setting that could get people hurt. You can't just go randomly start fires places, which they've been doing. So now we're seeing the ramifications. Support is tanking again and again and again. And, you know, if you want to engage in a peaceful protest and now you're, you're being, you're, your movement's being co-opted, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sorry to hear it, man. I remember this happens all the time with a lot of, you know, hippy dippy lefties will be like, yo, man, we want to protest and say like police brutality is bad. And then Antifa shows up, smashes everything. And they're like, dude, and I feel bad for them. My, 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 my grievance my complaint is with the extremists, not the peaceful protesters and the bleeding hearts who want to march around their little sign saying Black Lives Matter. The only problem is they've been completely co-opted and they won't say anything. Joe Biden's not going to call out Black Lives Matter. Nope. They painted Black Lives Matter in the street. I want you to think about this before, you know, before I finish off. 39% of people support Black Lives Matter and they painted it in the streets. How embarrassing. This must be for all of you to use taxpayer dollars, typically in violation of the First Amendment and the law, to paint streets with a political message that most people don't support. Bravo. It was almost like they were trying to set themselves aflame, figuratively and literally, by allowing these people to go and do this stuff. Well, let me show you this tweet from Bethany S. Mandel. I'm having 2016 flashbacks. And I'm not sure why Democrats aren't in reference to Justin Gomez saying Biden campaign called a lid at 920 a.m. today. Harris also has no public events on her schedule. Meanwhile, Trump has events in Charlotte, North Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida. Pence is on a bus tour with stops in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota. 40 days. She says, Bethany says, you've tried this strategy already. I'm not Donald Trump didn't work for you four years ago. This is what happens when you spend years pretending that people voted for him because of a phantom Russian conspiracy instead of accepting that he won a legitimate election. I know what the polls are saying, but I also know what they've said last time, too. I also know that when I drive around suburban Maryland, I see almost no Biden signs. And when I drive in rural VA, I see wall to wall Trump signs. Me, too. I lived in uh, uh, my 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 you know, before I moved, we were living in suburban Philadelphia on the Jersey side in a blue district. Trump signs everywhere. One day someone took down their Blue Lives Matter flag and their neighbor put up a Biden sign. 
consider it. Consider it's not it's not going to be an easy battle for Trump. Some of these people really do hate him. But I wonder, I really do, if support for Black Lives Matter is in the gutter and it's this bad. And, and these Democrats have, have based their campaigns on this. And these Democrats are painting this message and people are not happy with it. Then uh, it, it doesn't seem like things are going to go well for Biden. I'd be willing to bet the polls are worse today than they were last time. I, I really think so. They say that we've improved our methods. How will you know you've improved your methods? The polls were wrong in 2016, but mostly what was wrong were the pundits who felt like Trump couldn't possibly win. The reality was Trump had a, had a percentage to win. I think 538 gave Trump a 25% chance to win. That means he, has, he, he could win. It's that simple. And he did. And so people say the polls are wrong. Well, they were mostly off by like one or two points because they missed that. And that allowed Trump to win something they didn't see. They claim they changed their polling methodology. Yeah, I think they did. I think they had to. But how will we know if they are right on, uh, until after the election? In fact, maybe we'll never know because of the way the election has been totally destroyed by the Democrats with the mail-in voting scheme. These polls may be wrong. They may have made them worse. Landlines are going away. I don't believe they're getting it right. I don't. So should I trust this, this poll about Black Lives Matter? Honestly, I'm not entirely convinced I should. But it's something we've seen repeated over and over again, and it also makes sense. I've seen now, I believe, three or four polls showing that, that Black Lives Matter support is tanking tanking. And if that's the case, why should I believe the Democrats will receive any benefit from it? I don't. But I guess with about 30, what are we at? 39 days now. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm hopeful because I think people are waking up. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash Timcast. That is my main channel. It is different from this one. That'll be at 4 p.m. And I will see you all then. Earlier today in what appeared to be a live stream, Former GOP presidential candidate Ron Paul suffered what some people were saying was a stroke. I don't know exactly what it was. We'll read the story. But I can tell you that Ron Paul is okay. He posted this message. I am doing fine. Thank you for your concern. Senator Rand Paul, his son. Thank God dad is doing well. Thank you for all your prayers today. I have a lot of really good things to say about Rand Paul and Ron Paul. And I'm going to hold off on that just to make sure you know exactly what happened. But, um, I, I am glad to hear that Ron is doing well. The video that I saw go viral was uh, was particularly scary. I'm a fan of, of Ron and I'm a big fan of Rand. And so I, I definitely want to uh, talk about what, what Ron Paul uh, means to me and, and why I'm glad to see he's doing well and how much I, I appreciate and respect him and Senator uh, Rand Paul. But let's read the news first and then we'll we'll talk about it. The Daily Mail reports Ron Paul, the Republican ex-congressman who thrice ran for the White House, suffered some kind of medical emergency in the midst of a live stream event. Disturbing video of the event shows Paul talking about the free market, and then his speech suddenly turns to gibberish as another participant on the video asks if he's okay. A number of people sharing the video suspected Paul had a stroke. The former presidential candidate's Twitter account sent out a message from Ron Paul Friday afternoon. I am doing fine. Thank you all for your concern. With an image of Paul dressed in a hospital gown, smiling and giving a thumbs up. Fox News reported that Paul was hospitalized for precautionary reasons. So we can see we have these clips here. This was uh, uh, the video clip right here where uh, Dr. Paul started to slur his speech and then just started uh, muttering garble gibberish. I mean, no disrespect. I'm, I, you know, there was a medical issue and I'm glad to see he's okay. 
Paul is the father of Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, whose office didn't have an update on the former Texas governor right away. But Rand did say, you know, he's, he's grateful. While Paul retired from Congress in 2013, the 85-year-old has remained active in politics, continuing to film episodes of the Ron Paul Liberty Report. It was during filming of an episode Friday the incident occurred. Paul first ran for the White House in 1988, but his 2008 campaign was notable for the lawmaker's ability to harness the power of the web. The Ron Paul love revolution. You remember that? The stickers are still up uh, uh, in my old neighborhood back in Philly, which is still technically my neighborhood, I guess, because I'm not completely moved or anything. But there I see the stickers and it says like Ron Paul 2008 and love in the middle. And that takes me back. But uh, let's read a little bit more and then we'll talk about uh, Ron Paul. His supporters created viral moments in support of the candidate who represented the more libertarian side of the Republican Party. In one such instance, they raised money for a Ron Paul blimp that flew over several cities in the run up to the 2008 primaries, which Senator John McCain ultimately won. Paul again ran for president in 2012, losing the nomination to the more mainstream Mitt Romney. During that cycle, Paul memorably put out a cookbook of family recipes. Very nice. Paul's success in politics helped launch the Senate career of his son, Rand, who was the underdog in a GOP Senate primary in 2010, but was aided financially by money raised online by many of the same grassroots supporters who wanted to see the elder Paul in the White House. Rand Paul ran unsuccessfully for the White House in 2016, bowing out in early February after underperforming in the Iowa caucuses. Ron Paul was first elected to represent Texas in 1976 in a special election. He served in Congress during three spans of time throughout his political career. Texas Senator Ted Cruz tweeted about the event Friday afternoon. Heidi and I are lifting up in prayer Ron Paul and Rand Paul and their family. For many decades, he has been an extraordinary warrior for liberty. May God heal. May God's healing hand be upon Dr. Paul and may God's peace and grace be upon the entire family. Cruz wrote a lot of people right now are tweeting that prayer works and uh, I can respect that. I myself, I'm not particularly religious, but uh, you know, uh, part of me says I'll take whatever I can get for the health and well-being of the Paul family. I remember that that era of the 2008 Ron Paul love revolution, the primary and all that stuff. And that was uh, a, a big moment for me in my life. And I listened to a lot of what Ron Paul had to say. And I disagreed with a lot of it. And I looked into a lot of it. And I disagreed with Ron Paul a lot. And I would challenge my friends when they would say things like, you know, this, that, and this, the Federal Reserve. And I'd be like, come on, come on. But I'll tell you what it, what it, what, what else. I agreed with, with a lot of the things he said on liberty and even on, uh, life at, at conception, things like these things. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself to be particularly religious, but it felt like, uh, Ron Paul was the one of the, was the first time I experienced what I, I guess I could say is an honest politician before, you know, discovering Ron Paul and seeing this stuff. To me, it was just a field of liars lying for power. And that's what politics was. And I didn't care for it. And when the memes started popping up, the early day memes, not like the best memes in the world and the videos. And I started watching what uh, what Ron Paul had to say. I became a fan, uh, even though I disagreed. And even though I, I would love to have these conversations with a lot of my friends who just immediately dived right in and started saying all of this stuff, they're all about Ron Paul. And I'm like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Don't you know, listen. Don't play that tribalist game, right? People saw this viral thing happening and wanted to be a part of it. So a lot of people just claimed that they were on board with uh, with Ron Paul and everything he was saying without actually knowing what a lot of it meant. And so for me, there were just things I generally disagree with. Now, listen, 
I'm speaking very, very generally just because it's been over a decade since I've had these conversations. I can tell you that pro-life versus pro-choice was a big thing that, that I was, you know, thinking about at the time. And I've had, I had a great conversation with, uh, Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes last night about, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice. And, uh, the, the, these conversations wouldn't be possible in my understanding of a lot of these issues without Ron Paul, because I didn't, I didn't necessarily believe in the system. Now, I'll tell you what. I voted for Obama in 2008. I didn't vote for Ron Paul. But, uh, you know, for me, I think seeing what he had to say and, and speaking with his supporters and friends of mine who are, who are all about Ron Paul, that to me was, was a, a path towards, I guess, being accepting of people you didn't necessarily agree with. Now, now to be fair, like I, I, I did really like Ron Paul for his honesty and his libertarian, liber- libertarianism, you know, freedom, individualism and, I think it led to a lot of enlightening conversations. And again, I can't go back 10 years and try and remember exactly what these conversations were, but it was very much so about market economics versus like more like welfare stuff. And I've told you guys, you know, I was far lefty, like anarcho punk uh, when I was a teenager skating. And it was around this time I started seeing different ideas and different messages so, uh, again, I'm eternally grateful that, uh, Dr. Paul is doing well. And now, uh, as for Mr. Rand Paul, I can praise your father and I can respect him for the work that he's done throughout his life. And I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. And now I have some words for you. I think you're great as well. I think Rand Paul's fantastic. And I am, uh, I'm also grateful for Ron Paul for bringing Rand Paul to the table. Um, the Paul family, they, they, they're principled. And so even if I disagree, I tremendously respect their integrity. As for Rand, there are very few politicians I actually like. And uh, Rand Paul has done a lot of uh, uh, really, really uh, bold things, standing up to both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, filibustering for long periods of time and standing up for the rights of American, challenging unwarranted surveillance. And more recently, Rand Paul putting forward the justice for Breonna Taylor bill, which would ban no knock warrants, even though we now know uh, many of us were duped, not everybody. But it, it, it was wrong when uh, people were saying that the Brianna Taylor case was about no knock warrants because they did knock. You know, I was I was posting on somebody posted on Facebook all day. I'm seeing this. I'm just like copy and pasting. I'm not even saying the cops are right or wrong. I was just saying it wasn't a no knock warrant. Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend were in the hallway. At least that's what Brianna Taylor's boyfriend said. And when the cops br- busted in, he shot the cop in the leg and the cops fired back and they're blocking me. They're like, I don't want to hear it. But Rand Paul, despite that, still wanted to bring about justice for Brenna Taylor. Why? Because libertarians get it too. You can be libertarian, not be an SJW and still be like, let's get some, uh, alt, you know, changes to the system. And that's, and that's, you know, my respect to the Paul family, especially, you know, Ron and now Rand. When it comes to addressing police reform issues, you can find a middle ground and you can find the appropriate response, which I've, I've said is reform. We know it wasn't a no knock, a no knock warrant. Okay. I get it. So uh, in this in this regard, uh, still, it seems like Rand is trying to say, you know, we don't want police violating your Fourth Amendment rights. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. And for that, I absolutely respect it. It's it's almost like, you know, the two party system isn't really a two party system. I know people say it is because a lot of people will just vote D or R, even if they regret it later. We had this trans Satanist anarchist run for sheriff and then win on the Republican primary, which I think is hilarious. But someone like Ron and Rand, they're very, very libertarian. They're still a part of the Republican Party, 
but they they're honest and they represent the true val- the, the true ideas of, of of liberty and freedom. I'm actually not as big on small government as Ron Paul probably is. But when I when I, when I saw Bernie Sanders back in 2016, it reminded me of Ron and being someone who's more on the left, I was like there are very few people that I actually liked and I think Ron Paul in in non-policy ways was like a precursor to Bernie Sanders. A, a viral internet sensation who was, a, a, you know, seen to be a very honest guy. Well, I, I, I got to say, I don't think Bernie Sanders is uh, all that honest of a guy now. I think Bernie is just playing the game and he's he's basically sold out. So there's very few people that I can still, you know, look to and, and believe are, are trying to do their best. And so, uh, look, I wanted to highlight that uh, Ron Paul was OK. I wanted to explain uh, what Ron means to me. So I'm, I'm 34 Ron's 85. And it was like, it was 12 years ago. I was like, in my man, it was even, it was, was it 12 years ago? It had to be a little bit before that. I think it'd be way before that. Couldn't have been 2008. I think it was before that when people started sending me these Ron Paul videos on the internet and stuff, because I was younger for sure. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that's about it. Look, um, there's a handful of Republicans that I think are doing a really good job and I disagree with them on a lot of policy issues, but it's about honesty and it's about fighting for the commons and the work and, and the working class people and regular Americans. And I think they do that. So um, grateful to see that uh, he's doing well. Thank you for tuning in on this, you know, little video about Ron Paul, I guess. I got a couple more segments in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. This story, man, this story is disgusting. I'm an animal lover. I, uh, I, I try to avoid... Uh, eating foods that are, you know, factory farmed and stuff like that. Not to a great extent. Let's be honest. I'm not, I'm not the best activist in that regard, but look, I I eat meat. Um, I try to avoid dairy for the most part. And I try to, uh, you know, I, I prefer farming and, and you know, that's, that's, that's compassionate to an extent. Like we're going to eat you, bro. You're a chicken or a pig or a cow or whatever, and you're going to get eaten. But I don't, I don't want to see animals suffer. I don't. Okay. We recognize as human beings, we, we empathy. We can we can look to even things that aren't human and and be uh, horrified by suffering, and that's what the story is about. Horse ridden by dreadhead cowboy on Dan Ryan may not survive. Prosecutors have charged this guy for forcing his horse to run seven and a half miles at a high rate of speed, whip kip, kicking it and like whipping it to push it further than it could. It's suffering from dehydration. It was bleeding. This poor horse, man. Uh, WTTW Chicago reports the horse ridden for 7.5 miles on the Dan Ryan Expressway during an impromptu protest Monday by a man known as the Dreadhead Cowboy would not have survived without immediate treatment and may still be euthanized, according to Cook County prosecutors, who said the treatment of the horse was the equivalent of forcing an 80 year old woman to run a full marathon. Adam Hollingsworth, 33, was held on $25,000 bond during a court appearance Wednesday after he was charged with a felony count of aggravated cruelty to an animal, as well as a, as misdemeanor counts of reckless conduct, trespassing, and other traffic offenses. He must pay 10% of that amount, 2500 to be released from jail. Hollingsworth has also been dubbed the Census Cowboy for his work with Mayor Lori Lightfoot to boost census participation in Chicago. He said he rode the horse on the expressway during rush hour in support of the Kids Lives Matter movement, an initiative that aims to raise awareness and motivate residents to fill out the census to help communities receive better funding. I can respect being an activist. I can respect wanting to raise uh, raise awareness for kids and getting people to be involved in the census. But I will not respect a person 
who is cruel to an animal when that animal was clearly suffering. And you know what this guy said? I do it again. Lock him up. What, 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 what are we supposed to do? He was he, he she's showing no remorse, none whatsoever. I've heard that the horse is going to be put down. I don't know if it's in this story, but man, that's brutal. That's that sickens me. That really, really, that really does, man. I don't know. I don't normally do animal cruelty segments, but uh, here's 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 the the update. They say the man known as the Dreadhead Cowboy was surprised to be criminally charged with animal cruelty and said he'd consider carrying out more protests after his riding his horse 7.5 miles in the Dan Ryan Expressway during rush hour. Adam, Holling- Adam Hollingsworth, who was charged with a felony count of aggravated cruelty to an animal and other misdemeanors, said during a press conference Thursday afternoon that he had to make a statement about the number of children who had been killed this year in Chicago. No, this guy is, is, is pushing an, uh, uh, this animal, this horse to suffer as a political stunt. That's what he does. He puts in his cowboy hat. He has branded merchandise and he rides around on a horse as a stunt. This poor horse is suffering because of it. You know what? I don't like the horse carriages in New York City either. I think they're sickening. Okay, I'm, it's not about this guy being a protester. I don't know if kids lives matter is about left or right. I don't care. I don't want to see anything like this. And I don't want to see these people get defended. And this guy's working with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. So, yeah, of course, the assumption's going to be made. It, it, this guy's a leftist activist in New York City. They make these horses pull these carriages and apparently they live in squalor. I actually talked to some cops about it. I was down by Wall Street a decade, it was like, you know, nine years ago. And I saw several officers on horses uh, standing around by Wall Street. And they were like, they had the barricade set up because they're occupied by Wall Street. And, I, and, and they were talking. And I asked them, you know, because the horse was like, you know, the horse doing its thing. I said, what's the horse's name? And they told me the name. I can't remember. And it was like, a, it's like a, a person's name. And I was like, are the horses get per- people's names? And the cop told me, we named the horses after fallen officers. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then I was, I, I just, to make conversation, I was like, did you hear about the, what's going on with these carriages? And they were like, yeah. And the cops were, were pissed off because the cops, they love their horses. They name their horses for fallen officers. You know, people they, they respect and worked with who gave, who, who made the ultimate sacrifice. And so these guys, as much as they could express it, yeah, the horses in New York go through suffering too. So listen, listen, I don't want to derail into that because you'll start talking about animal cruelty and stuff. I think it's different if you're going to eat and try and be compassionate when you end the life of the animal and give thanks for what you will receive from this other life. I know, look at hippy dippy me, right? I'm not a vegan or anything, but because because I, I don't take it that far. I recognize we eat meat, you know, humans do. And uh, I know people who don't for animal cruelty reasons. That's cool. They can do their thing. But this is, you know, here's the quote. Would I do it again? Yes, I do it again. He said, explaining why he carried out the protest. I've been in jail. I had a background. I'm not perfect. That was something worth going to jail for. No, it wasn't, dude. You want to put your life on the line? You want to run until your feet bleed? Bro, I will support you every step of that way. I will, I will post a video and say, look at this guy. I'll tweet it out. I'll be like, this guy's running. His feet are bleeding because he cares about this. But to force this animal, this horse, to do it for you and then say, I would do it again. You sat in the back of this animal and kicked it to make it run till it bled. Okay, that's not protesting. That's you putting on a political stunt and causing suffering. This is what these people do. They have no, they do not care about anyone but themselves. And that's what I, I often talk about this, you know, when they go and smash up a small business. And then I see that photo 
There's a bodega. It was in New York City of an immigrant couple hugging, standing amid the rubble of what was destroyed by these people. This is what happens when they don't care about anyone but themselves. What do they care about? The idea of fairness and care. The idea, not actually doing it. This horse could die. And he's saying, I would do it again. They throw bricks through windows. They start fires. They lie. They cheat. They steal. You got callous people on the right. You got nasty people on the right. Of course you do. Come on. Let's not play games. People are people. It doesn't matter what your political alignment is. Right now, we are not seeing Trump supporters going around smashing up small businesses and abusing animals. We're not. And there was a there was a poll I saw earlier. They said something like 54% of liberals think that the violence at protests is caused by right wing agitators. I am. I am. It makes me angry. How stupid and evil do you have to be? How willfully ignorant to support this kind of vile behavior? I'm not just saying this stuff because I'm more concerned with animals than I am with people. Quite the opposite. I complain about what they're doing to people all the time. And now you're doing it to a horse and you do it again. They don't care about you. They don't care. He doesn't care about the horse. He's charged with a felony. He thinks he's the one. No, I might go to jail. I would do it again. Oh, okay. You'd kill another horse. They say the 33 year old on, on, uh, said on Thursday he didn't mean to harm his horse and repeatedly referred to himself as an animal lover. But Cook County prosecutors allege he rode the horse nearly to death Monday with one equine uh, veteran, veterinarian, comparing its ride with forcing an 80 year old woman to run a full marathon. As of Wednesday, the horse remained in critical condition and may still be euthanized. I hope this horse makes it. And you know what? Give this horse a big, beautiful field to live their life. I do not want to see animals suffer. I don't want to see chickens, cats, rats, mice. I don't want to see insects suffer. Okay. I swat flies. You know, for the most part, I don't even like killing bugs. I like catching them, letting them go. So maybe I got a bias against flies. I'm sorry. I'm a hypocrite. The flies are the one thing I'm like, nah, not you. Get out of my house. But I see bugs. I see lizards. I want to make sure if you know, you're in my house, I'm going to pick you up. I'm take you outside. Spiders, actually. That's a different story. You know, what I do with spiders. I bring them in the house. I do. I want the spiders in because they they help out. You know, spider bro will be chilling in the corner and he'll be eating the bugs and I dig it. So I don't I don't I don't like death. I view life as as precious. I think some life is more precious than 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 other life. I really, really do. What I mean by that is people of all backgrounds. But I will say that it's, you know, I think I'm biased because I'm a person. So naturally, I'm going to be more concerned about a person dying than an animal. But I will be extremely concerned about an animal dying as well. I tell you, man, uh, life is deserving of respect in all its forms. It's 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 what we are. And we share this planet and we we help each other survive and we compete with some other, you know, cr- critters, creatures or otherwise, you know. Some animals want to hurt you, and that's because it's, it's, it's how life works. But I'm not about reckless pain and suffering for no reason. I don't like the idea of, you know, people pulling off legs of insects. It's, it's gross to me. It's gross to me. I think if you need to, you do it. If there's a reason for it. And again, like I said, you know what? Maybe I'm being a little hypocritical because I kill flies. But I, I don't want to see anything. Die. I don't want to see plants die. We had a pot, you know, on my, on my porch. And a bunch of weeds started growing in it because it was just empty dirt. And now I water, I water these weeds, these random hodgepodge, because I, I want it to live. I want it to flourish. I, 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 I like it. I like life. 
I don't like death. I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. And I don't like evil people who don't care about others and would extract value from them and cause them to suffer. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit of a lefty. But this guy, man, this guy and many other people like him. It's all part of the same brain thing where they just don't care how much suffering they cause as long as they get what they want. And this guy, what does he do? He sells shirts or something. Whatever, man. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. Charles Barkley came out and said in response to defund the police, who are black people supposed to call Ghostbusters? Yeah, he's mocking them. He also pointed out in a conversation that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend shot the cops first. And now they're trying to cancel him because they don't care about whether or not they're hurting or helping people. They just care about power. That's why I just I just did this segment on this dude who he may have just killed his horse by forcing it to run seven and a half miles on a highway till it was bleeding. And he says, yeah, I'd do it again. I'm not going to rehash that, but the point is, is, is similar. Charles Barkley is a black man who has a right to speak up and he chose facts over activism and good for him. And for this, he's facing a backlash. He's taking heat for his Breonna Taylor comments. Well, let's see exactly what they said. NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley on Thursday mocked calls to defund the police asking, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? During an NBA playoff pregame show on TNT. We have to be really careful, Barkley cautioned. I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform, prison reform, and things like that. Because you know who ain't going to defund the cops? White neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods. So that notion, they keep saying that, Barkley added. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? Barkley also cautioned not to lump Breonna Taylor's death in with other high profile police killings involving African-Americans this year, including George Floyd, with Barkley noting Taylor's boyfriend shot up police first. This one, I don't think it was like George Floyd and Ahmed Arbery and things like that, Barkley said. I feel bad this young lady lost her life. But, you know, we do have to take into account her boyfriend did shoot at the cops and shot a cop. So, like I say, even though I am really sorry she lost her life. I don't think we can put this in the same situation as George Floyd or Ahmed Arbery. The remarks quickly picked up steam on social media with various Twitter accounts sharing a video of the clip. This one says, Clay Travis, God bless Barkley. He also is the only NBA commentator willing to point out that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend fired first and hit a cop before they returned fire at him. The lack of basic factual understanding in this case is staggering. And that's not even a defense of the police. It is just a statement. Okay. And it's crazy to me. People on Facebook, they're unfriending me and blocking me. You know what? I don't care, dude. If you're scared of the truth. And I didn't even say the cops were right or wrong. I just said, here's what happened. Block. No, I would like a comforting lie over a terrifying truth. Feel free to live in your bubble world of fake news with your dogma and your zealotry. And this warm, comfortable feeling as you as you ch- you bring us, you drag us down to hell. You, you're going to cause th- these people defund the police. They are going to cause untold suffering in these communities, in the black community, where where, uh, you know, people aren't going to be able to call the cops. Gallup polls have already, uh, a Gallup poll has already shown us that the black community wants the same amount or more police or more police, more, more police to spend more time in their neighborhoods, which could translate to more police. But they said more time in their neighborhoods. Charles Barkley, he's talking about what people actually care about, and they're attacking him for it. That, to me, is truly crazy. 
Fellow Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal, officially a deputy at a sheriff's office in Florida, agreed with Barclay's perspective. I have to agree with Charles. This one is sort of lumped in. You have to get a warrant signed, and some states do allow no-knock warrants, O'Neill said. And everyone was asking for murder charges. When you talk about murder, you have to show intent. A homicide occurred, and we're sorry a homicide occurred. When you have a warrant signed by the judge, you are, ju- you are doing your job, and I, I would imagine that you would fire back. Protest, uh, protests broke out in Louisville following the news earlier this week. The police involved in Taylor would not face murder charges. Two Louisville officers were shot amid the protest on Wednesday night. Well, here we go. CNN says basketball legend uh, and, and NBA analyst Charles Barkley is taking some heat. On March 13th, they mention, uh, you know, Taylor and Ahmed Arbery. I feel sad this young lady lost her life. We read this. We do have to take into account yada yada. And then he agreed. We want justice no matter how long it takes. King James on Brenna Taylor. We want justice no matter how long it takes. We're here playing this game and it's very challenging on us. It's very difficult. But at the same time, our hearts are with that family. We hope for better days and to spread the love and not hate. That is all they do. That's all they do is spread hate. They don't care to know the facts. They don't care to empathize. They don't care care to have a conversation. They will ban you and shut you down because hate is all they have. I know, I know, I'm going to say it. The right has hateful people too, but it's not the Trump supporters going around burning down people's homes. It is not the Trump supporters going around destroying people's lives. Okay, I should clarify that. It was one house set on fire with graffiti, and we don't know if it was the leftists who really did it, but it's the businesses that are being burned down. So I'll say lives, okay, to clarify. I don't know if they're burning down homes. Destroying people's lives. For what? How is that love? How are these people defending this? They don't care. I see all day, every day, these lefties that I know posting on Instagram and Twitter, lie, 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 lie. And when Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal start talking about it and being honest about it, what happens? They catch flack. They say Barkley and O'Neal, along with colleague Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith, are next scheduled to be on air, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. What I care about is whether or not we're going to be honest. So my my uh, deepest respect to Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal for telling the truth you don't. And in fact, they actually go a little bit to the right of me on this one, you know, and they're saying, well, you know, they had a warrant. It's like, I'm not even a fan of that idea. Like it's true. And so, you know, I'll say, look, they're right. We need police reform. We definitely need prison reform. 100%. These prisons aren't helping anybody. What do we get? We get people going around destroying black communities, poor, poor neighborhoods, causing destruction and damage and sacrificing their own for what? to show people they're mad. Let me tell you, dude, do you think the rich people who control this system by influencing politics care that you just burned down a black neighborhood in Atlanta? They do not care. So I have to wonder what the true motives of these people, uh, what their motives really are. Because I, I remember when, when, when the riots picked up and were going crazy in Atlanta, you had, I think it was Big Mike. I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to, I don't want to rope somebody into this. That's why I usually try to leave out names, but it was like rappers saying, yo, these businesses are owned by black people. Why are you destroying this? I mean, I hear what he's saying. Don't destroy businesses at all. I don't care what the race of the person who owns it is, but there's still the point to be made in that statement. If you're claiming that you're here for Black Lives Matter, why are you destroying the black neighborhoods? And that's what they're doing because they hate, they hate. I got to be honest. I really do believe that there are a decent amount of white supremacists acting like Antifa. 
So when I hear that liberals believe right wing agitators are starting the violence, I would not be surprised if the people you see showing up to these rallies wearing all black and smashing things are actual overt white supremacists who love joining in the destruction because they're targeting minorities. They're not going to rich white neighborhoods for the most part. Remember that? Remember that dude? I think he was a a sports radio host or something like that tweeted like, yeah, go riots, you know, let's show. And he was downtown LA. And then the riots started making making their way to Beverly Hills. And he was like, no, the riots are by my house. Get away. Go to go to the poor neighborhoods. Literally. Okay. He didn't literally say poor neighborhoods. He was like, go to downtown LA and destroy everything. Because a lot of people don't know this unless you live in LA. Downtown LA is not the rich area. The coast is where the rich people tend to be. You know, like Venice. I mean, Venice actually has a lot of crime though, but Santa Monica for sure. And um, what's that? Oh, I, I'm forgetting that name. There's, um, I can't remember. There's a neighbor, neighborhood not too far from uh, Santa Monica that's like super ritzy. You also have the Pacific Palisades. That's where the rich people are. The riders don't go there. Nah, they go to where the poor people live. Why? Maybe it's because the rich people have armed guards and the police will actually show up. And I mean it. I do. I remember when uh, Hurricane Sandy hit New York and the power on Manhattan went out. Guess who got their power first? The rich people. Of course they did. And money talks. BS walks, baby. So I'm going to throw it back to Charles Barkley on this one. Who are they going to call? Ghostbusters? They can't even call Ghostbusters. They rebooted it and it was trash. I'm kidding, by the way. But they did. They're ruining everything. They, they're not just ruining movies and games. These cultists are literally trying to destroy our communities and are literally destroying communities. You know, the New York Times reported that people in, I believe it was Seattle or Portland, showed up to someone's house, they had an American flag, and so they started threatening the pe- person who lived there saying, take the flag down or we'll come back and burn your house down. Then we heard a story that a Trump supporter had a truck with a Trump flag on it. Somebody set his house on fire. And then we saw sp- uh, spray paint. And that could turn out to be a hoax. You know, it's the spray paint was like Biden 2020 Black Lives Matter. And I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know if I believe it, but I got to tell you, man, they've been going around and doing this for some time. It's, it's their M.O., threatening to burn down someone's home and then someone's home gets set on fire, destroying uh, 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 these, these cities. I'll tell you what's going to happen because Charles, Bar- Charles Barkley is right. These riots aren't going to stop after they defund the police. They become the police. And then what are they going to do? They're going to show up to these poor neighborhoods and these people are not going to have anybody to call. And they're going to threaten you and they're going to say, we're going to burn down your home and let's take your flag down. And who do you call? What do you do? Nobody. The police are gone. It's already happening in Minneapolis. The police aren't responding to calls anymore. Well, the city voted to abolish the police and now crime is skyrocketing and the police aren't answering and they say it's political. The police just are refusing to, 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 to take the calls. That's the city council saying that. You defunded the police, dude. You called for their abolition and now your constituents are freaking out. Yeah. I hope all of these people who supported these you know, councilmen and, and don't like vote them out. I hope you enjoy what happens when there are no cops, because you can complain about cops jamming you up, give you tickets, you get arrested and you're like, oh, I've been arrested again. Yeah. And sometimes the cops arrest you wrongly and and not maliciously. Sometimes it is malicious. Sometimes it's wrongly. Sometimes you get tickets and you didn't deserve them. It happens. Sometimes you get tickets and you did deserve it. This is this is what we have. Police act for the most part as a neutral arbiter between disputing parties for the most part, and they uphold the law. Our problem is we need cops to be better trained. They need better understanding of the law. And we need penalties for severe violations of the law from cops as well. But what are you going to do? Charles Barkley is going to get dragged for it because the leftward lurch in media, it flows in one direction. And that means that 
we're likely heading in that heading that way. But we'll see how the election plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks so much for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.